This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, what up? It's Mike and Trainer. Yo, yo, this is Justin B. Bieber. Hey, it's Ariana Grande. Just the interviews. A Zach Sang Show exclusive podcast. Look at this. Beautiful humans. We got Dan. Hey. We got me. And we welcome Olivia O'Brien. Ooh. Hi. You can pull that microphone closer. Okay. Can you hear me now? Ah, you sound really good. Thank you. <laughs> you have a very nice speaking voice. Really? I don't like my speaking voice. What? Why? I feel like nobody likes listening. To, like when I listen back to myself like on videos and mm. stuff, can't stand it. I feel like I can't look at myself, but I can listen to myself all day. I can't look at myself or listen to myself. So. <laughs> That's, that breaks my heart a little it's bit. It's okay. It's fine. You, I'm, I'm dealing with it. <laughs> you're beautiful. Thank you. Let's start there. And the first time I met you, you stopped my friend dealing in his tracks. Like, he almost started drooling to the point where I was like, what's, what's wrong with you, friend? And he, he, like, didn't even lock eyes with you. He's just He just witnessed you. And it was at the Nash con- uh, concert. Yeah, yeah. I remember That's that crazy. very vividly. Well, tell him thank you. <laughs> I know. I'll pass on your notes. Okay. And then I saw the last time was at uh, David Dobrik's house. Yeah, David's. That was funny. With AJR? Yes. Mm-hmm. Because uh, they he, they make the music, or they they use his song, their songs, in his videos. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was like a, do you hang out with them often? With David? Yeah, and that crew? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm actually, my boyfriend is like his best friend, so. Cool. Mm-hmm. Who? Uh, his name's Todd. Oh, Cool. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> All right, we have music to dive into. Love Myself. That is the, the record out right now. That is the latest. But I feel like it is connected to the other two you released in 2018. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong in saying that? Well, I think... I mean, I have an album coming out in the spring, so all of those songs and all the songs I've been releasing recently are going to be on it. And so I feel like they're all connected because it's all part of a body of work. And I started working on it in like last January. So all the songs that I've written since then, I feel like it almost was like a new era for me. Like right before that, I had really bad writer's block. And then I went and I wrote I Don't Exist, um, which came out in uh, September, I think. Yeah. And then since then, all of the songs I've made just have been, I feel like, my best work. And so I feel like they're connected because it's like all part of this new era. It's like, it's a chapter. Like I, I kept writing in my notes, it's like a chapter. Like it sounds like a new chapter on life. Mm-hmm. What, what caused your writer's block? What do you think? Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to say because I feel like it happens so randomly all the time. Like I'll go a few months and I'm just writing like I'll go into a session and just write a song in like 20 minutes and it's great and it's awesome and whatever and then like the next week I'll go in and I'll have like three sessions and I just cannot write anything and I don't know why I like I mean I I think it's just because I write based on my life experiences so you gotta live mm -hmm, and if I'm not living my life if nothing's (laughs) inspiring me I just like cannot like I just can't I don't know. I get it. Yeah, because you need memories, right? Mm -hmm. You need experiences. Like, you need to feel things in order to write about feelings. Yeah, definitely. I Hate You, I Love You. Life-changing record. Financially, fame-wise, all of it. Mm -hmm. After that, are you in a easy writing flow, or are you suffering from 
block or, or a lack of life? I mean, it's been a few years now. So, like, I've been in and out of, I mean, it happens, like, I feel like every couple months I get really bad writer's block. Lately, I haven't even, I mean, it's hard to say. It, like, it literally comes at random times. And, like, sometimes I'll just be sitting, like, I'll be, like, in the shower and I'm like, oh, my God, I have the best idea for a song. And I like, run out of the shower and, like, write it down in my notes. Like, it happens. Or I'm driving and I have to pull over on the side of the freeway and, like, write down, like, my idea <laughs> or record it in, like, voice memo. But, yeah, I don't know. It just sometimes random inspiration will come and sometimes it's just not there. But was there pressure after a record like I Hate You, I Love You? Because it was a, a bit huge. Massive. I think there was uh, there was definitely pressure, but I was able to kind of sit back and be like, okay, what do I do now? Because it was my first song I ever released, so I had to kind of catch up <laughs> with myself and be like, okay, I make music now professionally and not just a girl writing songs in my room. Like, I have to go meet with producers and figure out what a session is and what you like. How do I how do I share my feelings with like this like man who's like 15 years older than me sitting there <laughs> on the computer? Like, how do I say like, oh, this is what I want to write about and like be comfortable with that? You have to learn everything. Literally, I had to learn everything. I'd never been in a session. Like, my first time, like, in a session was with Nash making a Hate You, I Love You, and I'd already had the song written. How cool is that? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Like, I mean, I mean, it, it is special, and I always I always think about the power of the internet and really how the internet can change anybody's life in a second. And that's what changed your life, at least with Nash, right? You covered one of his records and ended up on SoundCloud. He hears it, and he, he sent him a song. It started as a voice memo? Um, yeah, I think so. It was just a voice memo, and I was playing piano and singing what do you learn about your creative process from that like and, and how do you change it after that record oh I mean it's changed in every possible way because I was you know I was 15 in my room writing that song I didn't think anyone would hear it so it's like now I, I write songs with the intention of like okay I'm writing this song and people are gonna hear it and it's going somewhere and it has to have all these different elements back then it was just like oh I'm on my piano and like this is how I feel now it's like how can I like have how can I have cool production like what's yeah. some new things I can do like what do I do for this melody like it needs a hook whatever whatever like I'm just more I have more of the mind of like an actual songwriter rather than I mean I still I still like whenever I am having a block or whenever I'm like struggling I will go back to like okay I wrote this song when I was 15 and it was just how I felt and that, and it was my most successful song so like maybe I should just chill and like just write about how I feel and see what happens yeah it's a reminder to just be yourself but it is a balance right like, yeah definitely it's to you never want to lose yourself because who you are and what you feel and what you experience mm -hmm. is what creates everything but yeah. you also got to be focused on production because it helps tell the story and I also want to just strive to be better and make the best possible music that I can rather than just like you know throwing my feelings on a piece of paper so I get that mm -hmm. How, so let's dive in here with these records um, I don't exist I, I felt it because I've experienced it and the way you called out LA so eloquently but also so honestly hard like, I mean, hard to do, but also hard to realize that in yourself? Um, I feel like I've written so many songs about L.A. and my experiences here. Um, uh, I don't know. It's just that actually, because that was after I had like a two-month writer's block, I was like really struggling and I was just so down on myself about that. And among other things, it was just a, a dark time in my life. I wasn't doing so well mentally. So I went into the session and it was with these um, producers that now they've ended up doing most of my album. Um, but this is my first time working with them. It was a year ago. And um, they came from Sweden. It was this amazing guitar player and writer and then the, this producer. 
Um, and then I also was with my best friend Drew, who I write a lot of my songs with. And I told them, I was like, I have writer's block right now. I'm probably not going to write anything good, but like, let's try. And then they just started making this amazing track. He's the Tobias, the guitar player, started playing this, like, just the beautiful guitar in that song. And I was like, so, so inspired by it. I was like, great, this is amazing. I just started writing and I didn't even have a concept. I didn't have a hook idea. I just literally just started writing it and just it happened. And then at the end of like the first verse that I wrote, I was like, like, I don't exist. And, I, and then I looked at Drew and I was like, could this be a hook? Like, should we just like make it a hook, like whatever, and call it I don't exist? And like, that's the song. And he was like, yeah, like you just wrote a song. Like, congrats, your writer's vlog <laughs> is over. I was like, great. <laughs> wow. I, 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 it's a hook. It's a clear statement. But it's also, I don't, was it healing? Because mm-hmm. those feelings have to come from somewhere. Like the statement, Definitely. just to flow out of you, I don't exist is, you know? Mm-hmm. I think when I'm really feeling something like a lot and I just, and I dig into my mind and I just like, it's, it's like opening like a little door in your brain and then like everything just kind of comes out. And it is just, cause I don't even know how to explain it. It's like just putting your feelings into words. And sometimes it's hard to do that. And sometimes it just like clicks and you just, it just comes out of you. It flows because mm-hmm. it needed to come out. Mm-hmm. It's cool, and, and that one record starts everything. Um, I don't exist. Yeah, it was the first one after my like writer's block that I really loved, and then after that, the next day I came in and I wrote UDK, and then uh, I ended up having two more days with these guys because we just were like, okay, we can't like we just, can't lose this like, yeah you don't want it to stop on, yeah and then I wrote um, two more songs with them and on a roll yeah and then I ended up going to Stockholm and writing with them there and that's where I wrote Love Myself um, and a couple other songs statement so. record too mm-hmm. are you talking to yourself and Love Myself or are you talking to somebody else I'm definitely talking to myself I think and again when I most of the songs on my album when I wrote them like I was not in a good place I think that I'm I mean I'm in a good place now I'm in a better place I'm not fully where I you know where I want to be and need to be in life but I think that mentally I'm doing a lot better than I was when I wrote all these songs and so I think I was kind of talking to myself in the future like oh I need to love myself like why am I so hard on myself why am I doing this like I don't need to be doing this to myself like I should love myself so it wasn't like I do love myself it was like I need to Get my head on straight. I need to do that for but myself. You address the pressure that society puts on you, and instead of drowning in it, you kind of you use it as a realization moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's not even just pressure that society puts on me. It's pressure that I put on myself. I'm like probably my hardest critic. So, but by the way, that everybody puts on themselves because I heard myself and I like I understood that. Like I just I, you know when you hear a record like that, you, something like that, everybody connects to. I mean, I think when you're honest about how you feel, we're all human. We all have emotions, and most of our emotions are pretty similar. We yeah. feel a lot of the same things. Like, it's just part of being human, and especially part of being young. Like, you know, you just you have to figure out who you are and how you feel about stuff. And some people can't put that into words, and I'm lucky enough that I can. And, like, I feel like that's why I'm here. It helps people because not everyone can say, like, this is how I feel and whatever, whatever. If someone can relate and hear how I feel and it makes them feel better, then that's, you know, my job is done. It, it helps people, and, and also kind of sounds like it helps you, too. Oh, 100%. It's like my therapy. Like, my mom, I call her the queen of therapy. Like, she <laughs> loves therapy. Every time anything went wrong in my life, when I was a kid, she would throw me into therapy, and I would I just wouldn't even talk to them. I would just sit there and be like... 
what was I supposed to say to these people? I can't relate to them. So I would go home and I would write songs and like that was my therapy. That's what works for me. Like therapy might work for some people, but like wow. songwriting works for me. Were you asking yourself questions in your head to pry things out of yourself or is it just like you, you talk about unlocking a door? I mean, it depends. I feel like it's different every time, but whenever I'm just feeling like emotional, I just go into my room or whatever and I, I just let it out I don't know it just I feel like I'm, it's almost I'm not even there it's just my brain like spewing it out costing therapists money for 19 years <laughs> yeah? yep wow Zach Sang Show. hey I want to talk to you about the S word school I've been thinking about going back to college for a little bit now my mom brings it up every now and then um, but I, I don't know I, I need the right school for me and Maybe one of our sponsors is that school. If you're like me and you've been considering going back to school, you got to ask yourself the following questions. Do you need the flexibility to take classes on your schedule? Do you have college credits that need to be easily transferred? Do you want to earn a quality degree from a world-renowned university? If you answered yes to any of those questions, Arizona State University could be the perfect school for you. Arizona State University offers over 150 highly ranked degree programs, 100% online, so you're going to earn the same degree that you would on campus on your own schedule from wherever you are. It's totally up to you, which to me, that's like the coolest thing in the world. Plus, ASU Online accepts so many different transfer credits. They're just, they're there to make it easy for you. If you want more information, text Zach to 35517. That is Z-A-C-H to 35517, and you'll learn why the Wall Street Journal ranks ASU fifth in the nation for producing the best qualified graduates, and why 87% of ASU grads are recruited for jobs within the first 90 days of graduation. That's really impressive. Learn to grow, learn to succeed, and learn to thrive. Arizona State University. If you want to learn more about ASU online degree programs, text Zach to 35517. That is Zach, Z-A-C-H, to 35517. Zach Sang Show. Love Myself is the record. It's out now. Listen to it. But before that is Care Less More. Mm-hmm. Uh, another statement record, too. Like you're, you're sending a message. Yeah, I think, I mean, that song... I, it was one of the more like recent songs that I wrote, like the latest songs uh, that ended up on the album, and it's definitely more fun. I feel like I was because a lot of my songs I are on like a sad note, but that song the lyrics are sad if you really listen to them, but it has more of like a fun like sultry like vibe to it. Um, and I did, in my music video I did like choreography and I danced a little bit, which was super fun. So I kind of tried to like make that my more fun song, even though it's a little bit sad if you listen to the lyrics. <laughs> Are you a dancer? Uh, yeah, I used to be a dancer for like basically most of my life. I started in fourth grade and then I stopped uh. when I left high school when I was like a junior in high school. So, Is it weird to dance to some of your records even though they are so emotional and they, I, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I've never done it before. This is like my first time doing it because I always, you know, I, like I said, I'm my harshest critic. Like I just felt like, oh, I'm a singer. Like I shouldn't be like dancing. Like that's, this is weird. Like I, I what if I'm not good? Cause like I'm not just a dancer anymore. Like I'm a singer. So is this like, are people going to be like, oh, she sucks. Like, why is she doing that? Like she's just sick to singing. <laughs> but that's like a real conversation to have with yourself yeah. and out loud, which some people might find crazy, but it makes sense, right? Like what do you do up on stage? How do you, but you, you feel it. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, when I, and when I'm on stage, even like I, I don't know if I had choreography I feel like I would forget it I just go up there and I'm like 
whatever. Like, I just kind of move my body in whatever <laughs> that way. That was very, like, used car dealership inflatable man. Yeah, that's my vibe. <laughs> <laughs> I vibe with it. I'm in. Why the color purple? Great question. <laughs> um... So I actually, the other day, was in the studio. The first song on my album, at the end of it, I have like a poem describing why I like the color purple and why it's become kind of my thing. So not only is it like just an amazing color, it's been my favorite color since I was little. I used to call it purple because I couldn't say purple. <laughs> um, but it's the highest vibrational color of light, violet light, um, oh. other than white light because white light has like all the colors in it. Anyway, oh, <laughs> and then it also, it means like spirituality and royalty and creativity and all these amazing things. Um, so I just love what the color represents. And I think, I mean, it's my favorite color. But also, um, this guy that I like pretty much wrote the entire album about, it was his favorite color too. And we like bonded over that or whatever, I guess. I don't know. And then um, when we stopped talking, I saw the color purple everywhere and it like reminded me of him. And I was like, Great, now I see my favorite color, and I think of you, like, this is... Oh, that's... So, um, I was like, no, that's not happening. I'm going to dye my hair purple, and I'm going to make everything I do purple, and it's my color, and you can't have it, and it's mine. <laughs> You're just going to own it, outright. <laughs> exactly. So then when I see purple, I think of myself, my, and other yours. people think of me, and someone sees something purple, they send it to me, and I'm like, and they're like, thought of you. I'm like, yeah, yeah. it's mine. It's <laughs> really genius. Because it happens often, right? You see something, a number, or a movie, no. It's like a, a good life lesson. Mm -hmm. Just is, make it your own thing, and that's it. Whatever. Is it weird writing a whole album about an ex when you have a new boyfriend? Um, well, I finished it like pretty much before I met my boyfriend. So okay. Um, now I'm like, if I go into a session, I'm because I haven't really been writing over the holidays and stuff. Now I'm like, can't write anything sad. <laughs> so I'll probably be like, why are you sad? Like, did I do something wrong? I'm like, no. <laughs> but the next chapter is going to be different because it's exactly. where you're at. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, have you been writing since? Yeah, I've been writing a little bit. It's definitely more like right now, I'd say all the songs I've been writing have been about like being scared of like starting a new relationship and um, like being scared to like love someone and actually like get love back and yeah. not because I've always like been the person that likes people and doesn't really get that reciprocated. I feel like that's what's inspired all of my my songs in the past. Constantly friend zone? What was Oh, honestly, yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> what that's I have a song on my album called Just Friends and it's about like me being friend zoned. Well like was there a moment like any point in your life where you're like, why? Like why do you think you were friend zoned? Well, I think I just go for the guys that I know won't like me back because I don't like it's almost like I don't want it because like I've always been so hard on myself and so self-conscious and all of these things that I'm like I'm holding myself back from actually being happy because I feel like I almost deserve to like be sad and like not have that I get that yeah. I understand that and in doing that are you going after the safe people or are you just no, going after I'm the going wrong after people? like the people that are pr really unattainable or like just like are like they the, friends of yours before or, or are they it's like people like guys that would be like I'm not I don't want a relationship. I'm not ready for a relationship. I'm not over my ex-girlfriend. Yeah. I'm whatever it is. Like I'm like, yes. Oh my God. Hi. <laughs> You're for me. This is the biggest challenge. A thousand yeah. hoops to crawl through. I'm in. Like I can already hear the songs I'm writing about you. Yes. Amazing. An emotional Love Olympics. It. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you think that's a part of it, right? This idea that the more you live and you emotionally put yourself at risk, the more you feel and then the more you have to write about. Yeah. The more content. Oh yeah, definitely. 
Wow. But now, now I like to think of it as like I'm not afraid to like jump into things, or I mean, not like dive in right away, but like I'm not afraid to start new relationships and you know just be vulnerable because if it backfires, I'll write a great song. <laughs> if something bad happens to me, great, I'll turn it into a song. You so. always come out on top. <laughs> I mean, hopefully. <laughs> is there any part of your brain that feels like you can put yourself into somebody else's shoes and like write a story that's not your own or write a song that's about somebody else's story? I, I've done that before, actually. I was just talking about this with my um, one of my best friends, Maddie. I wrote a song a couple years ago for her when she went through a breakup. Um, and that was like one of the first times I ever did that. It has to be someone really close to me, I feel like, or just... Yeah. Or just something that really affects me. Like actually, last night, um, my one of my other friends like just went through something where a guy just treated her horribly, and it was really affecting me. So I was inspired, and I started writing. I wrote like a little kind of poem thing that I might turn into a song later. But cool. um, yeah, I just I think it has to be something that really touches me um, in order for me to write about it. So you can be emotionally invested. Mm-hmm, definitely. And like bring, I get that. Like tap into that. It needs yeah. to be real. Exactly, because it's either if it's not about me, it has to. I still have to feel it. Yeah, cool. It seems like you doubt yourself a lot. How did you know? <laughs> I just took a wild guess. <laughs> yeah. How do you, how do you like fix that or deal with that? Um, I mean, it's been a process. I've I've struggled with depression since I was eleven, and um, it's just kind of. I feel like since then, I've every day is like working on myself and. In the past, I'd say like six months, it's gotten a lot better for me. Like finally, I feel like I'm like finally somewhere where I'm like, okay, I'm not really depressed anymore. Like I feel okay. So I think for me, mainly it's, I feel like it's your perspective is everything. Like nobody looks at you the way that you look at yourself. Nobody cares. Like it's not like a, nobody cares about you, but it's like, if you the little mistakes that you make that you replay in your head over and over and over again, mm-hmm. nobody else is doing that. You're the only person doing that. When I look at myself in the mirror and I notice all the little tiny things I don't like about myself, nobody else is noticing that. No, none of my friends have ever said, "Oh, I don't like this about you." No one like that's just not even a thing. Like you are your harshest critic. So just being yourself and and not not letting yourself like be your worst enemy is it's hard, but like you just have to like constantly, constantly remind yourself, like, I'll, like. Well, how do you feel about like Truth. you're a pretty person who has a, tons of followers and you're on social media? How do you feel about all those young girls looking at you like she's perfect, she's beautiful? I want to look like her. See, that's. I mean, I feel like I go through phases where I'll like post photos of me like looking really cute and whatever, and like trying to dress cute and. Then you do some weird angles. Yeah, but then then I'll post something that's more like, okay, I'm a real person, or like, hey guys, like I have a zit on my face right now. Like, you know, I try mm-hmm. to try to balance it out. And whenever I am posting a lot of photos of me like trying to be cute, it's usually because like I'm trying to get like my ex's attention, or like you know, I'm trying to like make somebody mad. But then I realize, and then that's when I'm like not good. Like I'm not probably not feeling the best about myself is when I'm posting photos of me like trying to be cute. Mm-hmm. So and when I am feeling good about myself, I don't care what I look like. On social media and I'll post whatever I want and like probably won't wear makeup for a couple weeks and whatever it is. Which, by the way, is still real. And a lot of people do that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the people who hide behind a thousand filters every time that like, I get it. Yeah. I mean, that's life. And isn't that what people want on Instagram now? You want a balance. Yeah. I feel like when I post post, like funny stuff, it gets the most likes and comments Mm -hmm. than when I post 
but you people know. will still like the beautiful photos. It's like they want the real you, but at the same time, they might want the fake you. It's like every other yeah. post, you got to alternate. <laughs> yeah, I like. I mean, I like to think it's not the fake me, it's but like it's like me you. when I'm like trying. <laughs> me when I'm trying, and me when I'm not trying. Yeah. I get it. Uh, okay, so we have three records out now. That are a part- is UDK a part of this new album that's yeah. coming? Yeah, it is. So we so have four. Four. Mm-hmm. Is it the remix with G Easy or the? One with just you. Oh, that's R.I.P. Uh, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah. R.I.P. is not on the album. That's okay. um, from my past project. But okay. UDK, it, UDK was the first one I released. Then it was I Don't Exist. Then Care Less More and Now Love Myself. And then, is it going to be an album? Yeah, it is an album. But is that the next thing coming or are you going to drop more singles? I believe I have one more single coming. Not not positive. Cool. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Any collaborations? Um, no. I, well... I might do like my plan was to release the album with no features just because I wrote the songs by myself and I feel like I the song contains a full message like with the first verse and the second verse and the bridge it's all it's all contained in one message it tells a story and I don't want to take anything out of that and um you know I I mean other people's inputs on a song it's is great when someone else can take a song and add a verse and like have a whole other outlook on the song it adds so much to it and it's amazing so I want to do like maybe remixes of a few of my songs cool. with some cool artists um, but I want to release the album as it is with no features just because I feel like it's you know telling my specific story I was gonna say it's your story so mm-hmm. and they're yours how proud do you feel that you wrote an entire album on your own <laughs> I'm really proud um, I mean I've been working the, I think the goal ultimately this entire time has been the album for the past since I Hate You, I Love You. But, you know, I released an EP and I had all these little singles and nothing ever felt like a cohesive, like, this is an album and this is a project until now. So I'm really, like, excited because it feels like like it tells a story and it's a body of work. It's not just like, here's some songs and they're going together now and there you go. <laughs> it's you. It's like it's, it's it captures a certain amount of time in your journey. Yeah. And I don't know. It's cool, and I think a lot of people are going to see themselves and hear themselves and feel themselves within this, these these records. You I know? hope so. It's they will. You once tweeted that you don't enjoy or like pop music, so why do you make it? Okay. Ooh, look well, at you digging deep on <laughs> in the internet. Well, if, I was reading through her tweets, and like they're very funny. It's like a diary. <laughs> my tweets are a diary. I was going through my tweets um, yesterday because I had to like find an old photo. And I was like, I need to stop tweeting so much because I'm literally like, I've been scrolling for like months and I'm only in December. Like, I don't know what's going on. What's wrong with me? No, but I, I just, I listen, I'll I'll listen to pop music. Like, I think, I think it's, um, I appreciate like it as art, but I don't like sit in my room and like listen to pop music unless it's Ariana. (laughs) Ariana Grande is the only one you like. Well, not the only one. I mean, there's definitely some songs that I like, but just, I like to, you know, I like music that I can really really feel and relate to and I feel like a lot of like songs on the radio specifically I think when I say pop music I mean like I get it there's certain songs that are some songs are just like crafted like in the machine to like be made for radio Mm -hmm. and then not and there's nothing wrong with people that don't write their own stuff I think that's a whole other thing if you can take someone else's words and emote it and sing it and you know really feel it that's you know there's songwriters that need to be paid you know that don't want to be singers so that's a whole thing but I I don't know I just really like when artists write their own songs and I feel like I relate to that more and I really and I'm just I love R&B that's like my number one first love so I don't know it's so, just weird that I don't I, listen, I don't listen to pop music but I make it but, so what, what is it about Ariana that you like I think she has R&B soul in her okay. and the lyrics are pretty real mm-hmm. 
You know, when you talk about genuine music, I think even if you just take a listen to the last three records that we were hit with, dude, those lyrics are reality. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. I try to incorporate like elements of other um, like genres into my music. That's why when people are like, what genre do you make? I'm like, well, I make pop music technically, like if you want to look on iTunes and look at the genre, but I draw inspiration from R&B and alternative indie music and even like rock, like even like my like my all time one of my favorite artists in the entire world is Fleetwood Mac and like Stevie Nicks, which like I don't know I, on my when I when the album comes out you'll definitely hear that a little bit, um, but yeah I don't know. <laughs> uh, I feel and I feel the future of music is going to be that anything could be pop music. There you go. Pop is popular, so it's the most popular songs from across different genres. Mm-hmm. A good pop chart is made up of different genres all combined into one, so. I feel like you can't really limit yourself. It's unfair for an artist to limit themselves and think of themselves as making music just for one genre and it needs a really intense hook and everything needs to be placed here and needs to be sitting within these keys. Mm-hmm. Scientific pop, right? Yeah. Anything has the and that's true. That's potential to be popular. Exactly. So pop music is veering towards like, I think also like, not that this is a good thing, but people are like in my generation, people are very like, I mean, Jeremy Zucker has a song, All the Kids Are Depressed. Yeah. Like it's it's true. Like Good there's so many so many people, like so many kids are just going through like mental illness and like so many emotional like like it, everyone wants to hear stuff that satisfies that that makes them feel emotions. So people are starting to love that stuff more and that's becoming more popular. I mean, just it's just the pattern if you look at what artists are coming up right now. No, you're right. It's it's a very genuine, very real, I think generation and I mm-hmm. think it's a very genuine and open and transparent generation of artists that people want it because they see themselves and understand themselves in it. Mm-hmm. And then I think the people who give it, you know, obviously they're they're incredible artists but they use it to heal at the same time. Yeah. It's like a give and a take. And you're right. I I think people crave what is real. If the mic goes away and it's not happening in the studio, people still want to know that person that they can run into on the street or just see anywhere, you know? Mm -hmm. They want, they crave something more. It's a deeper relationship because I think music plays a very much, not bigger role than before, but a different type of role. Definitely. It's a special role, but it's cool. And to your point of like artists writing their own music, like that, it's the only way to convey those messages if you do it yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. It's nice. What do all the Barbies represent? <laughs> you come in with all the real questions. Okay. Well, I was just, I was, just, I was like, purple Barbies, I'm seeing it all connecting. Yeah. Drowning Barbie. Um, <laughs> um, so, in on my last project, It's Not That Deep, the cover art, I had this girl, this Barbie, and she was blonde, and she was supposed to be like drowning in shallow water. It was like, it's not that deep. Like, it's um, like it's supposed to represent like getting caught up in all of the like shallow things in mm-hmm. life. And, um, things that don't really matter so I kind of flipped that around because I was really into the whole like the whole doll thing and I was like how can I make this into like my next era but like kind of put a spin on it so I decided I would recreate her and I turn her into this I I named her Violet so she's basically what she represents is me if I was if you took away all of my like human qualities like if I was the best possible version of myself like Uh completely like 
like all the things that I love about myself, but heightened and like a million more things that I would love about myself if I had those qualities. But then it, on the flip side of that, it represents like I could never be that. Like I can never be perfect. I can never be a doll. I can never. I'm I'm a human being. Mm-hmm. I have flaws and issues, and so it's kind of like a, it's like both positive and negative. Okay. Um, I don't know how to. That's the only. No, that's way a I good explain. That that explains it. Cool. <laughs> but you've also been very open about plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. Why is it important for you to be open about that? Um, I mean, I think again, like we were talking about um, on social media, like represent like when these little girls they look up to you and they, you know, mm-hmm. they see you and they're like, oh, she's so pretty. Whatever. I could never look like that. I, you know, I had a nose job. I've never like. I always, it was one of my biggest insecurities and I would look at girls that had, you know, noses how, that I have now um, and I would be so upset. Like, I would be like, I'm ugly. Like, I never saw anyone that looked like me. So I like to, and like, sometimes I regret like changing that about myself because I feel really? like I could have been a good like role model for girls that were like mm-hmm. me. But if I, fig- I figured as long as I'm honest about it and I say, like, this is what I look like before, like, it's okay. Like, you don't need to change yourself. I felt like I needed to because it was something that, like, I worried about it every day. Like, I would go anywhere and that's all I would think about what? was, like... Wow. What was so... Cr- I'm going to cry. Oh. <laughs> you guys, I swear, I literally cry at anything. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Who do you go to with something like that? You know, do you go to your parents? Do you go to a friend? Do you, uh, who do you tell for the first time that you want to? Oh, I was saying it since I was like 11. <laughs> I told everybody that I wanted one. What was it? What what sparked it in you? Was there like a one moment that you remember? Um, not really, no. Oh, well, it started when I was like, I think, I think like fifth grade was when I, like I had a bump on my nose and I think yeah. that's when it like started like being like showing up like because you know when you're a kid you're that's not your final form like you your face changes so I think I was in like fourth or fifth grade when it started getting like noticeable when I when I was like looking at myself and being like what is that (laughs) and you know kids are ruthless like they all (sighs) I wish I wasn't such a cry no it's just (sighs) it's very powerful stuff and the transparency is Really respected, and it's. I literally cry at, like anything though. Like my friends make fun of me so much. Like I'll just be <laughs> sitting there, and like they'll be talking about something like kind of sad, and I'll just have like a single tear rolling down my cheek, and they're all like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "I'm fine. Just ignore it. Like it's just it's, I'm crying, but like let's just it's not a big deal." <laughs> but you really are sharing a story that needs to be heard. You yeah. know, like perfect is not perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect doesn't necessarily exist or need to exist. Mm-hmm. Definitely, it's really your. Thank you on behalf of the next generation of people growing up. It's cool stuff. Yeah. How are you feeling over there, Dan? Good. So I have some lighter questions. I guess we'll get to them. Yeah. You're over here making me cry. Sorry. Like, I apologize. You are. Okay. I just want to know, like, what's Going. your obsession with Saddle Ranch? Is that this restaurant? It's the one on Sunset. What? You have an obsession with it? Okay. So <laughs> I just was tired of going to the same places Amen. over and over again. Places that, first of all, I'm legally not even allowed to be in. How so old are you? I'm uh, 19. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, I was over it. And like the p- clubs in LA, like the big popular clubs, people go and they sit there and they're literally just like, oh, they're a- and then like Mo Bamba by Sheck West comes on and they're like, 
Yeah. And then like the next song comes on and they're like. <laughs> and it's like, what are you doing in the club if you're not dancing? I'm like the one that embarrasses myself. Like I can be like completely sober in the club and I will be Have the, the most embarrassing life. person there. But- it makes you not want to go out, right? No, exactly. So I was like, where can I go with my friends that we can just go embarrass ourselves and not have to worry about these people who are going to look at us and be like... <laughs> so we just started going to Saddle Ranch and um, we thought it was funny. We were like, this is like such a funny place. Like, and There's like, a bull. There's a bull. And then... so And also, after we started going there, we started renting mechanical bulls at like every event ever. Yeah. Like for Zane's birthday at David's house, we got a mechanical bull. Frightening. For Thanksgiving, Kelsey, my best friend, rented a mechanical bull and had a mechanical bull at her house for Thanksgiving. And I went, and I don't know why all you, her aunts and uncles are riding the mechanical bull. <laughs> are you were. good at the bull? Um, not really. I mean, I've actually never ridden it at Saddle Ranch because I'm what? scared. Uh. I've ridden it like at all of our like a, a friend events that we have. The private bulls. Yeah, I ride the private bulls because like you know who can who's controlling it. <laughs> <laughs> but also wow. at Saddle Ranch, you can get drinks that are like in fish bowls. Mm-hmm. They're huge. Yeah, and the people there love us now. Yeah, of like, course, I'm trying to. So around the bar, there's like plaques on like, and it says like reserved for whatever. You need one. I'm like trying so hard to get one. They said that if you want a plaque, you have to go three to four times a week for three to four months. Oh my God. I think you're on your way. That's I'm on my way, honestly. I should have worn my Saddle Ranch shirt. Honestly, I almost did. Th- that's the endorsement they're looking for. <laughs> also, yeah. they love you because like you're the only non-tourist in the place a lot of the time. There's so many hotels yeah. over there. It's, that was the first restaurant I ever went to when I came to LA. It was one of the first. Yeah, same. My dad said that one time he dropped me off at a meeting when we first like when we were just visiting when, when I first started doing music and he went to Saddle Ranch for lunch and I was like, Dad, <laughs> what's Full wrong circle. with you? Yeah. Like, <laughs> What's wrong with you? Why are you, you getting keep, lunch at Saddle Ranch? You, like, you keep them in business. Mm-hmm. Honestly. <laughs> My uh, friend Kelsey rented it out for her birthday party. Wow. Is that the birthday That's party where you were, you were like, you were doing Jeez. some lip sync thing? I was not lip syncing. I, I mean, not karaoke. lip syncing. Yeah, karaoke. <laughs> and again, I was fully sober and I was still the craziest person at that party. Uh-huh. And I don't know why I'm like that. But yeah, I sang birthday sex That's for her. <laughs> karaoke and then my friends started throwing cake so I was you know in performance mode so I was like oh there's cake being thrown I like grabbed the cake and like put it on myself and like put it on my friends and then I was like oh great I have cake all over me and now I need to go to the bathroom and I was like trying to wash my shirt out in the I keep hitting this microphone I'm like forgetting that it's there I talk with my hands but yeah I was in the bathroom for like an hour trying to wash cake out of my shirt wow yeah that sounds like a fun party for you um, yeah, sure. <laughs> I forgot that you're 19 and I'm promoting the giant size drinks at the Saddle Ranch. You, you can't drink any of those. But you didn't drink the other party that I saw you at either. Are you the sober friend a lot of the time? Um, I go, I like to go through, um, like long periods of time where uh-huh. I am sober because, I mean, technically I'm not legally allowed to drink, but, you know, I'm a teenager, whatever. Yeah. So, I, but I figured, I, like found out about myself that when I drink a lot I it's not good for me like mentally like I I don't like it I get really really sad especially when I'm depressed and I drink alcohol it's horrible like I've been in really 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 dark places before and I like over the summer I was sober for three months and it was like the best three months of my life that was when I like was starting to like realize like that I it was when I was starting to get past my depression. It was when I was really like coming into my own, and um, I think it was because I wasn't drinking and I was 
really taking time for myself and I took a couple like social media breaks and um yeah so I don't, and honestly it's I just like don't even think it's that fun anymore like being hungover is horrible oh, it's the worst I agree it, but that opens up your brain and it, it relieves the weight that you're putting on your brain too oh, yeah. mm-hmm. it allows you to just deal with the weight that you have naturally to deal with you know what yeah. I mean like wow mm-hmm. hell yeah bulls music I, think I have a question, but I don't no, even know if it's, a, if it's a question. I'm just going to make a statement. Okay. Oh, good. Well, no. <laughs> Wait, like, hold on to something. No, I'm just like, you hang out with a group of people that all have like a really big following. Uh, is that like important or does that help or? No, status? I think just being in LA and being in the industry, like that's just the people that you meet. And like, yeah, I don't know. Do you feel like you exist here now? <laughs> yeah. I, I think the recently, like, the group of friends I've been hanging out with, like, I love them so much, and um, I live with three of my best friends, and I've they've been my best friends pretty much since I came out here, and so I've always had them, and then there was, like, the people that I, like, knew and acquaintances and whatever, and I would go out, and I would see them, and it would be like a, hi, but I w- never felt, like, close to them, and it was more about those people that I was writing about, and the song I Don't Exist, Yeah, but I, I don't know, I, I, I just, I feel like recently all of even my extended friends I don't even like hang out with people that I don't that I think don't like me or that make me feel like that or that make me feel weird or that people that are trying to be cool I just like don't clout chasers clout, I just like don't care like I don't care like you're all sitting there at poppy and you, great you look really pretty and what are you doing what are you like you're just literally sitting there <laughs> nothing <laughs> on their phone but you bring up clout chasers I mean, a lot of people probably want to get into your group of friends to do exactly that. How do I you... mean, I don't want to say that we're, like, exclusive, but, like, we just kind of, we we all are so close, and we, like, we were talking about this the other day, like, we're so lucky to have a group of friends that is, like, real and genuine, and, like, we know that we have each other's backs no matter what. Like, I literally, I have, like, the best friends in the entire world. So when we meet someone new, and, like, immediately, if we can tell, like, that there's anything off about them, like just a slight bad vibe, like we'll keep them like as an acquaintance and we're not going to be mean to anyone, but we won't like let them in to our like close knit group of people because it's just not worth it. Like you have the people that you can trust and then you have the people that you don't know if you can trust and you keep them at like an arm's length and you don't tell them your secrets. You can go party with them. You can go have dinner with them, whatever, but you don't want to let them in on, you know, stuff that's personal to you. I get that. And and that meter only forms from trial and error yeah, and experience. Exactly. Oh, and I've met some, like, literally, like, coming to L.A., some of the people I've met, like, I'm not religious, but, like, I started believing in Satan. <laughs> 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 That's all I got to say. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Dude, I've heard of some, like, d- people around here, I've heard rumors that they worship Satan. Probably. Okay. <laughs> I've heard some crazy stuff. Didn't know about that, but, well, but I like, wouldn't doubt it. I, I don't want to say the Illuminati. Who. I don't know if it's the Illuminati. I think it's even like even not even weirder than the Illuminati, but like a different. It could be total nonsense, but I did hear well, one thing. Know. It's a collection of YouTubers, a part of a group. That's scary. I, I, they I just want attention. If it's anyone YouTubers. I know, anyone I'm hanging out with, is it David? No, <laughs> I, I do wish. But he did describe his friend group in an interview that I watched once as a Twitter update. So he updates his friends. Are you afraid that you're going to get caught in an update and uh? He, you know, get recycled out of his friend group? No. no. I mean, I mean, I have, like, 
I think if that ever did happen, it's like, great, whatever. <laughs> if someone doesn't want to be friends with me, like, I won't. I'm never going to, like, try to be a part of something if someone doesn't want me there or whatever. That's what I realized recently also is, like, I, why am I trying to be friends with people that, like, already are over here and I'm over here? Like, I have my friends. I don't need anything more. I don't need to be a social climber. I don't need to go and be friends with everyone and whatever, whatever. Like, I have my friends. I love my friends. I have people I work with. I have acquaintances, whatever. This is my life. You can't waste energy because you don't got a ton of it. Mm -hmm. So you got to give it to those who want it and deserve it so then you can foster something real instead of just spreading it amongst wildly. Uh, I get you. Respect. (laughs) Olivia O'Brien. Do you have a date on the album? Um, It's coming out in spring. Spring. Mm -hmm. That's a season. Mm -hmm. It's not a date. (laughs) But uh, I can't tell you the date. Thank you. I love those shoes. Thank you. I actually, I was like, I need to wear these shoes. Like, what shirt can I wear with these shoes? Like, the outfit was planned around these shoes. I need everyone to know that. That's how you know it's a good (laughs) pair of shoes. When when they call the shots, Mm -hmm. power. You're going on tour, right? Yes. Uh, My tour starts on March 31st, and it's through all of pretty much all of April. Okay. I'm missing Coachella. You'll be fine. <laughs> I know. The only reason that I'm upset is because Tame Impala. Okay. Like, but I'm I'm gonna see them. I'm sure they're doing other festivals. So. Are you Are you having a full band or what's your tour like? I have a drummer and then a guy who plays guitar and keys and like cues all the little stuff. And he even does background vocals sometimes. His name is Connor. He's a legend. <laughs> but yeah, and then I uh, and then I just that's it's just three of us. Cool. One more question. I didn't know until I was doing research that you wrote I Hate You, I Love You. I thought maybe it was a co-written thing. Well, I, I mean, I obviously didn't write Nash's part. Of but, course. Um, yeah, I wrote that song in my room like when I was 15 on my keyboard. Like I remember like the day that I wrote it. Um, it was about this boy when I was like... It's so, it's so funny now I look back I'm like how did I write that song about like this person that I literally could not care less about? <laughs> but... <laughs> That person changes everything. Uh-huh. Is there a part of you that wanted top billing on that record because it started with you? Yeah, I think there was a time where I was kind of like, I mean, for lack of a better word, I was salty, like that it wasn't <laughs> mine. But now I'm kind of grateful because I don't make music that really sounds like that anymore. Like every once in a while, I'll write a little piano ballad, but I'm kind of grateful that it got me because it got me my record deal and my managers and my lawyer and my team and whatever like it sparked my everything. Everything it made, gave me a career, so I'm grateful for the start that it gave me. But I'm also kind of grateful that it wasn't like my first debut song because I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't know how to like make music per se. And I'm glad that I got the chance to kind of start over after that and invent myself because I didn't know who I was. And even then, like, I, it, it constantly is changing. And that's the cool thing. You know, when you write your own music, your music can be reflective of who you are. Yeah. And where you're at. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be defined by anything or anyone. Amen. Appreciate you taking the time hanging out with us. Yeah. And I appreciate you giving us energy and honesty. It really is thank awesome. Thank for having me. And uh, thank you for making me cry a little yes. bit. Sorry. It wouldn't be an Olivia O'Brien interview if I didn't cry. I always cry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Mikasa su casa, whatever you want. You have another song? I, I just have Jeez. one. I just saw this on I'm the- I'm scared every no, time no. you start talking. I just saw this on the <laughs> internet. What happened to the ducks? Somebody wanted to know? Oh, um- <laughs> So the ducks, we were just fostering them when they were babies. So my friend Charlie, my roommate, she 
um, has this friend who owns a farm, and he was like, I have all these baby ducks, and like they're just going to be put in a box because she wanted to get like a pet. Um, so she chose a duck? <laughs> she, yeah. <laughs> I don't really know the reasoning behind it, but... He was like, I have all these baby ducks, and like they're just gonna be in like a box, like in if, so if you want to take care of them, like you can. So we just took two of them, and we got made them a little like incubator, and we hung out with them every day for a little bit, and then they got too big to be in the house, so we gave them back to him. And they're free on the lake. Oh, okay. Around. So that's a duck update. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Look at look at that, <laughs> Olivia O'Brien, duck mom. Yeah. Breaking news. Ex-duck mom. <laughs> you raised them. They're yours forever. Duck just because they're out of the life. nest, you yeah. know? All right. I'm sure they remember you. All those good times. <laughs> Olivia O'Brien, thanks for hanging. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.